What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today. Clark and I are with you in 2 Samuel. Yep, yep, yep. Today we're in chapters 13 and 14, um, really just kind of on the heels, right after 11 and 12, just a lot of just heartache and devastation, mm-hmm. um, just a lot of moral failure and tough stuff to talk about, honestly. Yeah. And so we'll do our best job to, we don't know who's listening. And so we'll try to use some just PG language and we'll kind of um, summarize a little bit. And really we want to focus and get to how, um, how Jesus has come uh, for Tamar and for scenarios like this that are actually still playing out sadly enough, yeah. uh, even today. Yeah. We're going to do a sermon series. Um, we're getting into it on first and second Samuel and the title of it's the the tragedy and triumph in this book and talking about the kingdom of God. And these chapters really are the tragedy of it. Moral, yeah. Serious moral failure and you see the consequences of sin and decisions. So you want to kind of just give us an overview sure. of what happens here in these chapters, Bob? Sure. So in the previous chapters, you might have heard the story of David and Bathsheba, or maybe you've at least kind of know what has happened there. That's 11 and 12. And then these chapters, 13 and 14, are um, actually just as difficult and kind of despicable, and we might not know them as well. So it's actually uh, David's children, and um, specifically Tamar and Amnon, and how Amnon kind of completely just abuses the power that he has being a son of David over his sister, who... A half-sister. Yes, was a half-sister. So from another wife of David's, which we've kind of talked about is how like enter polygamy and the fractures and dysfunction that it's causing right now in this story. Um, So he gets some terrible advice about how to pretend to be sick. And uh, Tamar just comes to take care of him because that's what would have happened in that day and age. And he overtakes her and he um, assaults her. And it was in such a, uh, such a bad way that even after it happened, you see that there's kind of these relational things where Tamar is saying like, I'm, I'm a disgrace. Uh, you've ruined me. Like at, at least marry me. Like how horrific, how horrific and disp- awful all of this has happened. And now, you know, and now just to try and salvage a little bit of, um, you know, my, my status as a society, please at least marry me. And, and he doesn't, he casts her aside. Um, she goes back to her, uh, full blood brother who is Absalom. And then, he takes matters into his own hands. And a couple years later, after Tamar had been living with him, he takes matters into his own hands and he actually strikes down his brother, mm-hmm. Amnon. And so what we see here is just, it is just evil and it is just ugly. And um, the qualities that are coming out are really qualities that go back to like the person of David, like his worst qualities yeah. are on display here in his children. Um, so we see like sexual brokenness, but then we see like just kind of the lust and the need for power too. And so you feel free to jump in Clark. Well, yeah, just kind of looking back at what happened right out of second Samuel 11, you have the story of Bathsheba where you have sexual immorality and then you have murder. And like Bobby just said, those are the things that are popping up now. And that what's interesting about this is David is so compromised because the spider web of his relationships, because he... Um, was disobedient to God, nothing happens. 
Like there's right. anger in Absalom, there's anger in David, and there's no justice. Like he doesn't punish anybody. Absalom's on the run, and that's about it. So then this Joab tricks him by having a woman come. Um, but when you go back to it, you just see that this is so intertangled, and David is sitting on his hands not sure what to do. And so when you look at that, eventually Absalom does come back, um, and it's just terrible. And the prophetic word given from Nathan after David made his mistake in Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 10, is that this, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house, David, because you despised me and you took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. So because of what David had done, God's saying the sword's going to be in your house and you're going to have pain and it's going to be a disaster at times. So up to this point, we've really focused on how David's been like Christ. Like David's been this messianic figure who's going to save and redeem Israel, bring them to a good place, a good time. Mm-hmm. And just like everybody before him, he fails. Yeah. You know, our kids listen to that song by Shylin. He's got, Shylin's a, a rapper. He's got an awesome kids album. Yeah. <laughs> and it talks, I don't remember what the title of the song is, but it goes through all the heroes of the Bible and basically shows how they're, they failed and how yeah. they all point to Jesus and how Jesus is like the hero at the end of the day. And so Second Samuel really leaves us with a desire for the greatest king, someone else who could come, someone who could come and be a king that's going to exercise justice without mm-hmm. being a hypocrite mm-hmm. and a king who's going to have real moral authority. And you just see that in the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus, I remember he's protecting the woman caught in adultery, which kind of connects to Tamar here. And he tells yeah. those the guys about the stoner in John 8, let him who's without sin throw the first stone. Uh, the thing with Jesus, though, is you kind of get to the cross, which you have to in this chapter. If you just look at this and try to understand what do you do with this, yeah. you look ahead to going, how, did, how is there healing to such sad situations, mm-hmm. situations mm-hmm. that still happen today? Mm-hmm. And Jesus not only executes justice now and eventually permanently, but he also covers our shame. Because when you look at the scripture in 2 Samuel 13, that's what Tamar asked Amnon after he, he robs her. And she says, where am I supposed to go now? Like, how am I going to get rid of my yeah. disgrace? Yeah. And th- there's a prophetic word given to us in Isaiah 61 that we often read around Christmas time or at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Hmm. And Bob, you want to read that for us? Sure. Isaiah 61, and it answers that question Tamar asked when she's saying, what am I supposed to do with this disgrace that's now on me because of all the bad stuff that has happened? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, Mm. you will rejoice in your inheritance." So Tamar says, where am I supposed to get rid of my disgrace? You and I ask that question today as well. And the answer is the cross. Mm-hmm. We, we celebrate Easter not long ago, and that's where we go. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, because he did for us what, what we couldn't do for ourselves. Not only is he perfectly just, but he also washes us um, with, his, with his blood. It's kind of that language used in Scripture. So... As you walk away from this, here's just a couple of questions we want to give you just mm-hmm. to, to think about. So throughout Samuel, we've seen how bad parenting really messes up um, 
it's really situations, and, and you got to take this with a grain of salt. No, none of us are perfect. We are going to mess up our yeah. kids to some degree. Yeah. But when it comes to parenting that that um, blesses wayward children or doesn't fight for wayward children, it just doesn't go well. You had Eli, you had Samuel, and now you have David. So a couple questions that we're asking ourselves is, how have we seen that in the lives of others or ourselves, where bad mm-hmm. parenting leads to kids leaving? And the second question with that is then, what do you take away from this tragic story to encourage yourself or encourage other people to mm-hmm. hey, fight for your children, speak truth to them, be present, don't be absent? Because when, when we're absent, uh, they're going to find direction one way or another. And eventually they're going to mm-hmm. do what comes mm-hmm. natural to them. And, and if we do what is natural to us, things just don't go well. So learn from Eli, learn from Samuel, mm-hmm. learn from David. Um, the second question is, again, getting to the heart of this, and that's what are you ashamed of? Because like Amnon and Tamar, hopefully that hasn't happened to us. And if it is, there, there's nothing out far outside the reach of God and his grace and his love. We come to him and we give, us, give him everything that has been done to us and that we've done. But we have to identify it and say, what are we ashamed of? Perhaps there are things that we have done or have been done to us, and can we give those to Jesus who's borne our sin and he's borne our shame and he's borne our sorrow on himself on the cross. He's saying, God, would you please bring healing to these areas of my life? Help me extend forgiveness to other people. Help me extend forgiveness to myself. Help me extend forgiveness to you fill in the blank. But that comes from a relationship with God and it's made possible because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. Mm -hmm. All the wickedness of the world upon himself. And the last thing you can consider about praying through is that David is a national leader. There's massive consequences here with his moral failure. So I think oftentimes we hear about morally compromised leaders, especially in politics. And the scripture calls us to pray for them, regardless of the Republican or Democrat or some other party someday. How does this truth help shape us, the way we pray for people, knowing that we have a perfect King Jesus who intercedes for us, who loves us and died for us? How does that shape the way that we actually pray for our leaders? Because like us, they've got their their mess-ups as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we usually have a lot of fun on these podcasts, and we're bubbly and exciting, and it's kind of hard to, to do that when you read these chapters because it's heavy, it's dark, it's ugly, and it's sad. And uh, so as we sit in that, we pray that you would sit in that too and maybe just think through some of the questions we encourage you to ask, whether it's about parenting or our shame or praying for leaders who are morally compromised, that God would have his way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So 2 Samuel yeah. yep. you know, 13, 14, anything else you would add? Yeah, I mean, uh, I uh, I guess I'm I'm just really blessed to know that Jesus is in this chapter of the Bible too. You know, yeah. we don't we don't want to read, we don't want to talk about this kind of stuff, and, and the reality is that this stuff is still happening, like Clark said. And, uh, um, and that's actually exactly where Jesus is too. And so I'm so glad for that, that we, like Clark said, we can actually look to Isaiah 61. We can look to these prophetic words. We can look at the cross. We can look at the empty tomb um, and we can have hope uh, for what's to come and hope for healing and uh, hope for for us and our families and our church and our nation and our globe uh, because Jesus is more than enough um, for all of us. So just encouraged in that today. You guys, thanks for tuning in. We will continue marching through 2 Samuel. And um, like Clark has said in the past, uh, please, if you want to join us for the book study in May, go ahead, grab the book, 
How Not to Read the Bible by Dan Kimball. We're going to talk about some of these really tough verses that we've encountered and will continue to encounter. Um, That'll be coming up at the beginning of May. So just wanted to continue to give you a heads up Mm -hmm. so you have time to read for that. But thanks for listening today. Uh, Jesus loves you so much. God bless you guys. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Have a great day. Thank you.